In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. We are entering the summer movie season, which means blockbusters are beginning to make their way to a theater near you. If you look at the big movies that are coming out this summer, many of them are based on superheroes. Guardians of the Galaxy 3, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, The Flash, The Marvels. And many of these are sequels, which means that we like them pretty well the first time, and so the movie studios in their infinite wisdom and desire to make as much money as possible are giving us more. The consistent theme in our readings today is God's power and strength. And so it got me thinking about superheroes with super strength. There is, of course, Superman. His super strength comes from our yellow sun. If Earth had a red sun, like his home planet of Krypton, he wouldn't have super strength. There is Wonder Woman, whose super strength comes from her being an Amazon goddess. So her super strength is somewhat genetically predispositioned. In a nod to our more low-tech superheroes, we have Popeye. (laughs) I love Popeye because his super strength comes from eating spinach. He was ahead of his time in being a healthy, eco-friendly superhero. (laughs) We even have a well-known biblical example of super strength. Samson judged Israel during the time of the judges. Samson was consecrated to God as a Nazarite, which means that he vowed never to drink and never to cut his hair. Indeed, Samson's strength came from his long, uncut hair, and his strength was a key to his success as a judge in Israel for over 20 years. Late in his career, Delilah catches Samson's eye. Delilah is what we would call a bad seed. She is bound and determined to find out what makes Samson strong and sell this information to the Philistines who have been trying for years to overpower and destroy Samson. Samson strings her along for a while, but in the end she wears him down and he gives up the info. While he is sleeping, Delilah shaves Samson, and when he wakes he discovers that the strength of the Lord has left him. He's taken prisoner by the Philistines, and he's publicly mocked and displayed for sport. In the end, Samson calls on God one last time, asking, Lord, remember and strengthen me just this once. And God does remember him and give him strength. And Samson contentedly dies, taking a final victory over the Philistines. A while back when I was looking around online for information on superheroes and their super strength, I ran across a website that lists superheroes in order of the magnitude of their superpower. When you look under strength, you know who came in first? Superman. You know who came in ninth? God. In a list of super strength, God came in ninth. That's just wrong. I mean, where does this site think that Superman and Wonder Woman and Popeye ultimately get their strength from? They get it from God. If the writers of today's scripture passages were making the list, they would get it right. They would have God listed first. 
In our colic for today, we implore, send us your Holy Spirit to strengthen us. In our psalm, we hear, ascribe power to God. He gives power and strength to his people. And in our epistle reading from 1 Peter, we hear that though the devil prowls around us like a roaring lion, we are to resist him through the power of Christ who will restore, support, and strengthen us. With all of these references today, let's talk about what scripture says about God's power and strength. In the Old Testament, God's power and strength are routinely referenced, especially in the Psalms. Here, there are several recurring images for God's strength. God is our strength and shield. He is our refuge and our strength. He is the rock of our strength. All of these are images of God as protector and sustainer. If God is our refuge, he is our safe place, our home. If God is our shield, our rock, he stands between us and all those things that would hurt us or overtake us or bring us down. These can be outside adversaries, such as people or situations that overwhelm us, in which case God is called upon to protect us with his power. Or... They can be interior adversaries, such as our appetites and our weaknesses, in which case God is called upon to strengthen us. When we face situations where our strength is gone, where we have nothing left to give, where we can feel things crashing in on us, this is when we're encouraged to fall into God's strength allowing him to take the lead and rudder the ship. In those times when we find no strength to bear up, to continue, to endure, God reminds us that we are not expected to handle life's adversities on our own, nor does he want us to. At all times in our lives, it is God's power and strength that sustains us. When things are going well, it's amazing how quickly we forget this. We think that our success, our accomplishments, our happiness is the result of our strengths, what we bring to the table. But like that superhero website, this only shows that we haven't come to know the truth, that all strength is God's strength. Unfortunately, it's easier for us to remember this when life forces us to face the truth of our weakness and our powerlessness. This is when, like the psalmist, we call out to God, trusting that his power and strength is greater than what we're called to endure. God promises to give us fortitude for our circumstance. And more than this, he promises to accompany us, to be with us, so that we might continue to draw from his strength. The New Testament witness goes beyond an acknowledgement that all power and strength are God's to the declaration that we actually witness to God's power and strength 
through our weakness. Paul tells us that God says, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. How hard it is for us to live in this space. We do all that we can to hide our weakness. Our weakness makes us feel vulnerable. It frightens us because it reveals a lack of control in our lives. In weakness, we can be taken advantage of. We can be hurt. But the counterintuitive good news is that our weakness is a gift. Many of our greatest spiritual teachers tell us that growth and insight come precisely through vulnerability and suffering and pain. They attest that we can find peace and strength through fully experiencing our weakness. It's paradoxical that we can only discover God's strength is sufficient to our need when we embrace our weakness. Here, God has the opportunity to infuse us with his power and strength. When we're forced to rely on God in our weakness, we can become a great witness. How many times have we known someone going through a terrible ordeal, a life-threatening illness, or a tragic loss, and been amazed by the strength and peace that they project. We ask, how are you doing this? I could never handle this as well as you are. The truth is, is that in our own power and strength, none of us can. But if we allow God into our hardships, our lives can become a witness to the strength and power of God that is made perfect in our weakness. And so like our brother Paul, we are able to say, I can do all things through God who strengthens me. This Easter season, we've been focusing on big love, the love that God gives us and that love within us that allows us to show love to others. In the greatest commandment, we are told, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. I've always been a little confused about the inclusion of strength. I've wondered, how do we love God with our strength? Now we know. We live lives that reflect that we are aware that all the strength that we are tempted to claim as our own is in fact God's gracious gift to us and it is sufficient to our need. We acknowledge that when we feel weak, we don't need more of us, we need more of God. And we exercise our muscle of trusting in God. The more our trust grows, the stronger we become. May Christ indeed restore, support, and strengthen you as you walk with him each and every day. Amen.